Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Hey, it's another episode of Perceived Value. Before I get to my interview, a few announcements. Typically, I try and release the podcast on Tuesday mornings. Was this an arbitrary decision? Kind of, but more so is based upon my days off from my full-time job. So those days shifted from Mondays and Tuesdays to Thursdays and Fridays. So moving forward, I'm going to be publishing the podcast on Friday mornings. It'll give most of you just one more reason to look forward to the end of the week. There are a lot of exciting things happening with the podcast many of which I cannot yet disclose, but I am excited to share with you all that Perceived Value is an official partner of New York City Jewelry Week. If you're a regular listener, you've heard all about Munich Jewelry Week. Well, two amazing women decided we needed a week dedicated to promoting the world of jewelry stateside. Its inaugural year will take place this November 12th through 18th. What can you expect? educational and innovative NYC-focused programming. There'll be groundbreaking exhibitions, educational lectures, explorative workshops, exclusive tours, etc., etc. As an NYC Jewelry Week partner, you can look forward to me sharing information on this exciting new venture brought to you by Bella Nyman and J.B. Jones. Find out more at nycjewelryweek.com and start planning your trip to the Big Apple now. And lastly, Perceived Value and I, we are approaching our one-year anniversary. That's right, folks. Things are getting serious between me and my microphones. When I launched Perceived Value last August, my goal was simply just to publish episodes consistently for one year, to prove to myself that I could do it. Well, I'm a few months shy, but I've got enough interviews to get me to September. I am proud of what I've been able to share with you all, and I really am looking forward to the next year. For a podcast that talks so much about money, you've probably noticed that I have yet to ask for any. For those of you who have reached out inquiring how you could support Proceed Value, I sincerely thank you. You have no idea what that has meant to me. I have big plans for this little passion project of mine. There are artists all over this country I want to speak with, and really, all over the world. I'm rolling into the second year with big plans, which of course includes more episodes. However, to make this a reality that does not break my bank, I need to start generating some income. Last week, I launched a Patreon, derived from the word patron, which is someone who gives financial support to a project or person, or podcast. Patreon is a way to get paid for creating the things you're already creating. There are different levels of patronage, and there are perks and rewards for those who contribute. 
So this is all a work in progress, folks. But if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support what I am doing, please consider becoming my patron. I'll be rolling out some killer rewards in the coming months, and I have already published a bonus episode for the handful of patrons I've already gained. You don't want to miss out. Visit perceivedvaluepodcast.com and click on my support page to find out how you can contribute. And if you're not in a position financially to contribute, which I completely understand, you can always rate and review me on iTunes. It'll make me look real good to potential sponsors. Rating and reviewing is free, y'all. Just takes your valuable time. All right, announcements over. Let's get to the good stuff. This is my second installment of interviews recorded with staff members of the Baltimore Jewelry Center, located in Baltimore, Maryland. If you have not yet listened to my previous episode featuring the director of the BJC, I suggest giving that a listen first. It will give you the context for my interview with today's artists, and we really dig into what the Baltimore Jewelry Center is and how it came to be. Today's guest is a contemporary jeweler who I first met while living at the Penland School of Crafts. Outside of her active studio practice, April Wood is the exhibition director, studio manager, and instructor at the Baltimore Jewelry Center. She is a busy woman who still finds time to be very involved with other aspects of the contemporary jewelry community. And like myself, she finds time to see the occasional punk show and, you know, sleep and shower on a regular basis. Her love and passion for the Baltimore Jewelry Center are very apparent in the work she does, and I am real excited to give you insight into this artist's career. Please welcome my friend and guest, April Wood. broke it so yeah so we are on kids gloves um hey april hi sarah taco time was good it was it was wonderful i like that little place i am really excited that it's like i live in a place where i can just walk have a happy hour with my friends and (laughs) stumble home afterwards we were walking very very (laughs) straight lines yeah no, no totally um Best part about okay, so everybody listening, I'm in my living room with April Wood. Um, she is a sweetheart and drove down up. Sorry, oh, God, I always north. do that. I'm like, <laughs> she drove down to Philadelphia from Baltimore um, to do an interview because last weekend, God, it wasn't even last weekend. It was a few weekends two, ago. Two weeks. Wow, yeah. the time flies. Um, JV Collective had an opening and. I did an interview with Shane, the director of Baltimore, and I was going to do an interview with April. And we're old friends at this point, so I stayed the <laughs> night with you, and we're going to wake up and have breakfast and then do the interview, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, we, we we woke up. We had breakfast, but... Uh, we had coffee in bed at your place. It's just like one of those things where it's like you're just enjoying the time. Yeah. So oh, uh, and... and, uh, and and breakfast uh, just took too long. Yeah, breakfast is a shit show because we were like, oh, let's grab a quick breakfast Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. never going to happen. Yep. But, you know, sometimes it's quality over timing just happens. And yeah. it's like, all right, let's just wait. Yeah. Um, so I'm here. I, yeah. And I kind of like it because 
I don't think of you as a soft-spoken person, but I do <laughs> think of you as a type of intimate person mm-hmm. where my interactions with you have always been much better in smaller capacities or one-on-one. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like in big good. groups, like I feel like, you know, there's always a lot going on, but you're the type of person that when I get you one-on-one, I like cherish that time because I feel like you're just like much easier to talk to or I don't know. No, like, I do. I mean, that makes sense. I, I yeah. do. I do like that. Um, that, that kind of one-on-one communication and, and just, you know, like, digging in with somebody and having good you know like good conversations with friends like yeah but i would never call you shy it's a different type (laughs) of thing because i don't think you're shy like you're obviously not shy (laughs) you do a lot and you speak and public and all these things like you're not a shy person (laughs) Um, it's just a different thing i think we all have different levels of that oh yeah and i'm just obnoxiously (laughs) loud all the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every once in a while, like if I'm really tired, somebody be like, "Are you okay? <laughs> You're not talking constantly." <laughs> like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just sleepy. Who are you, Sarah Rachel? Brown? <laughs> What's going on? You're not talking all the time. Um, yeah. Well, I'm so happy you came down here. Unfortunately for April, she calls me. And she's like, "Hey, I'm downstairs, but uh, I've been battling with these guys. I'm on a, a apartment on the second floor. Below me was an empty." restaurant space that is now being filled and um they just decided to jackhammer for hours saturday morning starting at 7 a.m and unbeknownst to me pulling up all the concrete around my front door and so april shows up and it's all barricaded off they just poured all fresh concrete and even when i came home today i was like oh cool how the hell am i supposed to get to my front door and the guy's (laughs) like oh sorry and i was like you're yeah you're gonna be sorry I'm about to freak out <laughs> so you have to walk we the walk pl- the plank you have to walk the plank to get into my apartment <laughs> uh, and I'm hoping after this interview the concrete's still soft enough so I can leave them a sweet little message <laughs> about how much I've appreciated this process <laughs> man jackhammers yep when was the last time you heard a jackhammer uh, I I think there have been some in my neighbor. Actually, my landlord. Um, yeah, yeah, and I live in a in an odd little nook in Baltimore that's like right in the middle of the city, but is a very isolated, like freestanding houses with with big yards and stuff. You know, and they're just we sometimes call it little West Virginia. It's beautiful. Um, it's, yeah, and they're your just house like, is so old too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just they're just odd. They're odd spots. Um, but my my landlord um, owns, Jack uh, owns, here and there. owns the <laughs> owns the house like the the house that's on the same lot like next to us. Well, he owns both, and uh, and he, they he decided that he's adding an addition onto my my neighbor's house. That's a he has simultaneously called it a a sunroom, a pantry, a storage room. Um, mm. It's being built out of cinder block, so like we all were like, that is not a sunroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, we can all agree to that. It's not a sunroom. That's, it's um, a cinder block. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's some, some weird cinder block addition. Um, but yeah, he, he is, he has been like loud. He's been loud and, and been breaking things and doing all sorts of things with, with jackhammers and, and mess. Gotta love that. And right. I know what I'm signing on to. Like, yeah. I want to live in the middle of the city. Yeah. You get noise. But I think a jackhammer for three hours starting at 7 a.m. on a Saturday is a little unreasonable without any warning. Yeah. I was like, come on, guys. Yeah. I screamed. It wasn't like <laughs> me, but I screamed. So, April. Um, yes, you Sarah. live in Baltimore and your house is lovely. I, you let me stay there with you the other night. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> you're welcome. Your backyard is magical because, wait, your roommate is a gardener or does something along those lines? Well, she's she actually works in the um, film industry, but she oh. is a she she loves gardening and okay. she has she has worked as a seasonal gardener. Oh, okay. Um, but she, um, yeah, I think you know, it's it's also just her way of. Relaxing, like keeping her sanity. Is, yeah, is gardening, and I and I do, I love it, and I do it, but I am not, um, I am not as uh, active you know, as her. Act- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, <laughs> it's like, and you guys got like the white lights streamed. Oh yeah, it we, just we, we like, like that- we like having a, <sighs> a a party in the backyard. <laughs> it, all it <laughs> takes for chilling. me to feel like I'm somewhere magical is someone streams of some white lights and then yep. I'm like oh like your backyard could literally look like a dumpster but you throw some white lights up and start a fire and I'm like this is so romantic yeah um, <laughs> that's how it goes well and I do I do like I said I love that it we're right in the middle of the city and you would you would never know that that's there and yeah, yeah. we have fire pit and and all of it and it's nice yeah. it's a little it's, oasis it's a little oasis in the middle of Baltimore City so Baltimore, just down there for yep. an opening. Um, tell me what your official title is at the Baltimore Jewelry Center. Because I don't remember. All of them? <laughs> yeah. You're like, everything? Yeah. Uh, I am um, I am a studio manager, exhibitions director, and an instructor. Cool. And how long have you, well, first of all, I mean, I, I had an interview with Shane already, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because your interview is going to air first. But so I'm trying to think about what I've already talked to Shane. So I'm not just reiterating everything. We dig into how the Baltimore Jewelry Center came to be. Mm-hmm. But your relationship with it is pretty substantial and has a lot of longevity. So mm-hmm. before it was Baltimore Jewelry Center, it was part of MICA. Yeah, it grew grew out of uh, the Maryland Institute College of Art had a metals and jewelry program, mm-hmm. and and I had uh, taught at MICA for thirteen years, wow. and um, yeah, I mean it pretty much what I mean at that time I was I was doing that I was teaching also at Towson University, um, also at the Corcoran in DC. Um, so you're doing the odd the adjunct, adjunct hustle. Oh yeah, and I, and I I think I was also at that point I was also um, Micah. We uh, the position was a studio, studio technician. You know. Oh okay. Uh, like basically, um, you know the like 
just like studio manager, the people that kept the, you know, kept the equipment. Yeah, kept the equipment maintained, you know, like ordered materials, uh, you know. You coordinated uh, things. Coordinate, coordinated like, Because Micah was issues. also continuing education. So it wasn't, yes. nec- it wasn't like there was a tenure track position for medals there. No, anything. there was absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Micah doesn't have tenure track positions at all for oh, anybody. Oh, okay. Um, and um, yeah, so yeah, so I, I had taught there for 13 years. I was teaching other places I was the studio technician and they uh, made the announcement that they were closing the program um, and myself and and three other core faculty members initially um, you know started started meeting and and basically being like what are we gonna do yeah (laughs) and um, because I'm assuming, like, there's not a lot of opportunities to teach medals in Baltimore. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so you had to figure something out. We had to. We had to figure something out. And um, are the other people that were faculty there anybody I would know? Um, uh, Shana Croys. Oh, uh, I don't know her personally, but I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten Rook and Beth Pullman were the three other faculty oh, okay. members. Um, and then, um, and then like shortly, shortly after those initial meetings, um, we, we also, we started having, uh, meetings with like the, the broader, uh, Micah Jewelry, Jewelry, uh, Center community. students and community, you know, just to, like because we wanted to be transparent, we wanted to let people know what was going on, yeah. um, and that we were, you know, that we were actively fighting to save the program as much as that we as much as we could, and and you know, we wanted people's input, people's help, and um, and I think one of those community meetings we uh, we basically put out a call for people that. Um, you know, like people that had skills that they thought would be helpful to, um, to the, to starting a a new, a new program or to, um, you know, to moving this forward. Um, or anybody with the time and energy people. Yeah. People that actually, (laughs) the people, the people that felt compelled to give their time and, 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 and really passionate about it. And, um, and that's when, um, Shane, and um, two other community members stepped up, um, David Dow and Ashby Norwood. Um, Had Shane been your student before? Like, did you? Yes. Yeah. yeah was, so you knew yeah, you knew yeah. all these people. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, yeah, and I mean, it was like that. I mean, that's the benefit of um, one one of the benefits, one of the many benefits, but uh, of a, a like community education program like um, Micah's. Um, program like as it was and then and now what the what the Baltimore Jewelry Center is too is of the you know because people are coming from all different backgrounds all different skill sets all different ages um you know it really is interesting how varied um like you know, a group of people would it's get such a mixed studio. bag right and we had people yeah I mean we were very very lucky at the as we started of to form the Baltimore Jewelry Center that we had people that were like 
I have background in um, nonprofit in nonprofit <laughs> organization, or I have some background in grant writing, or I have like we we had people that were lawyers that what you know even though it wasn't their um, their area of focus in law they were they were able to connect us to like nonprofit law um, you know yeah like people with that background yeah um, you know we had we had you know some people that had like accounting backgrounds um you know to to basically like help us align some of our um like our initial planning and things like that so uh who coined baltimore jewelry center like where'd that come from we actually did a um we did some market research (laughs) we you know like what pops up no no we i mean we we did some 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 testing like we had uh, do you know any other names that you guys were really seriously oh God, thinking no. about? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, 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 they've 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 all gone by the wayside. I think. Yeah. Um, no, I mean we, you know, we had like, I, I actually think we 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 had done brainstorming on our own. We might have put a call out to the community to brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had taken that list of names. We had. Uh, you know kind of condensed it it, Mm -hmm. and then we put that out and tested that um with our community and with people kind of outside of the community to get like just a you know and uh a sense of what you know what's resonating with people what makes people question like what, what the hell what is, is that? Well, yeah, like, uh, makes know, it the like, most concise, yeah. like Baltimore Jewelry Center. Yeah. Not going to screw that one up, right? And yeah. and I mean, we and we did. We wanted. We wanted. Um, I mean, that was yes. That was something where we wanted to have pride in the fact that we're in Baltimore and and that that our location is, you know, is something that, that we care about and like giving back to the city is something that we care about. And, um, and so, you know, that was something that, and we did have some names that didn't have Baltimore in the title or we, or we were like, well, it's, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to make people feel like we're not being inclusive by just saying Baltimore. Um, but, we we do care about Baltimore and, yeah. and we and we you know we wanted that to be something that was um that was evident and um and so yeah that that it, and it also was just like okay like it, this is what this, this is. is what it is <laughs> like this is this is very very simple <laughs> we're yeah. gonna keep it simple <laughs> well I was talking to Shane about this I got my start in a place that was very that's pretty much the same kind of format as um Baltimore Jewelry Center Pratt Fine Arts Center mm. it's just kind of like a sister to you guys I feel like in mm-hmm. a lot of ways um and I love when <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, I got my start at Pratt Fine Arts Center. And people are like, oh, my God, you went to Pratt? And I'm like, yeah, not that one. <laughs> I think that's like a little confusing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the name's important. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you guys chose right. Oh, I like thank it. You. Thank you. So I didn't start with the typical. I'm always like, what's your background? Mm-hmm. I mean, you 
you've taught at Baltimore for thir- Micah for 13 years. That's longer than I've been metalsmithing completely. So, <laughs> damn, girl. Um, where did you go to undergrad? Like, what's your background? Okay. So, I'm from Texas, and I... Uh, I went to Texas State University in San Marcos, which is about 30 miles south of Austin, about 45 miles north of San Antonio. I grew up in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Um, My professor was Beverly Penn. Um, I don't know who that is. Oh, she's amazing. Is she? Okay, I'll look her up. Yep. 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 Um, And uh, yeah, I mean... So you did the undergrad, I you did, did them like jewelry and state, metals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's well and I actually, you know, I did not know. I went to I went to school. I always knew I wanted to um do something in in the arts, but I thought yeah. I was going to school for graphic design. Um you're like, this is something I can make a lot of money at. Or just make <laughs> a you know, I mean yeah. I I was my parents are very very supportive but they also were you know when I was in high school they very much were like you should pick something that is you know that you have a future (laughs) making a living at and uh and um and my and I actually have an uncle who is an is an illustrator um and so you know like graphics and illustration like I knew I knew that it you know it was something that that people you know have careers had had careers in and um yeah I I went into school with that degree and I changed it very quickly because I hated it um (laughs) but I changed I think I was a painting major for a year I'm not a I mean, no. I'm not a good Also painter. not a painter. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. Your like, parents I'm probably, fine. oh my God, I bet your parents <laughs> loved when you switched the painting. They're like, yeah. all right, okay. They were, <laughs> you know, they have always been very supportive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I had to take a, I had to take a 3D foundations class as an elective. And, um a roommate encouraged me to take metals um, mm. because she was a metals major. And um, and as soon as I got my hands on it, I was in love. Yeah. Um, and then, and I definitely did not know when I switched immediately coming out of school, anything. I did not know really what I was going to do with that. Um, I did just they not knew. talk about that in school? Like, um they did um but I also I I for sure was they did but it all it also you know was a program where and 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 Beverly's work is very like sculpturally based um Mm -hmm. you know more more fine art more conceptually based and um makes her money teaching yeah and and I'm well and now now she's I mean she's also she's like a very successful um very well-known artist yeah. and sculpt- I didn't sculptor. mean it like that but I no, mean no, like no, 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 when no. you make work like that you typically have another way that you're actually sure making an income. sure yeah but I I do think she you know she's especially now that I look 
back at her career I think you know she's got commissions like public art and things that she's doing oh, that cool. are that she's that her artwork is like supporting her you know yeah um but yes I as a as an undergrad I did not understand uh, like how <laughs> how she was making the work that she was making and and making a living but yeah. I was I definitely was much more attracted to making uh, more like sculptural work versus like I, I I really have never been like a commercial jeweler and mm-hmm. or had you know a desire to um, uh, you know I've done limited production but I, I also I feel love your earrings I don't have any yet but I'm like I'll get Thank some you. don't worry um but yes, I I I personally in you know enjoy being able to do that and and be more um you know just be more open in the way that I'm making work and not worry about um the like having to sell my work. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, I I definitely have like found the way to hustle to do that over the over the years um yeah you know um but yeah when I when I when that was my major (laughs) in undergrad um I mean I came out and I and there were several you know this was something that because it's close to Austin um this was something that like was you know something that that students could do but I came out and I worked for a very short amount of time at um, Art Carve Class Rings. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So, like high school and college class rings. Oh, so I, wow! Uh, yes, yes. So okay. I worked on an assembly line doing um, like. Oh my god, where does that place exist? Outside of Austin. Um, you know what? Class rings used to be such a thing. Yep. My dad had his class ring. Yep. Oh, you know, come to think of it, I don't know where that is. Um. And I remember when I graduated that they offered him, but no one was getting him. And yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to get this thing. Yeah. But I feel like our parents' generation, like everybody had a class ring. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. doo movies, they're like, he gave me his ring. Yeah, yeah. Aww. So, yeah, so I did that. I set stones, like, um, yeah, not not for very long. Like, How only a couple months. Because <laughs> it was uh, horrible. That's like, horrible awful. Job. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, like it was, yeah. <laughs> but it was something that was like money. You know, t- t- you know it was in t- tangentially in the field. Um, and then uh, and then I worked for, uh, I worked as artist assistant for different like sculptors and metal workers and metalsmiths in, in Austin. Mm. Um, I worked for a number of years as a um, like head apprentice at a, at a like coppersmithing company um, in Austin that did custom um, lighting, like wall sconces and um, fire screens and that's um, cool. Copper like custom like like cop custom copper sink fronts and um, wait, do you like know that. Haley? Well, I know Haley from other yeah other Colby. Things. Do you know Colby? I know I know all those guys all from those blacksmiths. Other, I know down them there. from other things, but like I or I actually probably know them from Snag. But hey guys, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I did not know them when I lived in Austin. Oh, okay, um, and but yeah, so I, 
yeah so I like I worked doing doing that kind of metal work and you know basically I just I found I found the ways to stay connected in making in some in some fashion um making a living at making it. a living yeah did you okay your parents were really supportive did they help you pay for school um they okay so I actually I got scholarships um nice. that covered my entire tuition for four years wow um yep state school oh yeah and um and my parents did cover like room and board um for that amount of time in school and then um it took me five years to graduate and um and they were very very they took loans out to um to cover my fifth year and as a graduation present they um they paid off my loan Oh my god, um, mom and which, dad, which coming was like, through. which I mean, a state That's school, huge. but it, yeah, like it, you know, yeah. it's it state school, so it wasn't that bad. But and in the in the nineties, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. But I, yeah, I mean, I totally did. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that now. Like, yeah, of just. Um, and now that I have grad school debt, um, <laughs> you know that 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 was such an amazing gift, and and yeah, I know I'm absolutely like super lucky that that they um, that they were so supportive, and and that you know even though they didn't necessarily understand or know what I was going to do <laughs> with that degree, you know that that was that was what they that that's what they believed in and did yep dude love your parents where'd you go to grad school uh towson university in baltimore what yeah i know that place now you do how long did it take you between undergrad to grad school to go well i took 10 years off you know what i like that yeah and did a lot of different things i did yeah i did a lot of different things (laughs) did you spend all that time in austin or did you move around um yeah no i uh I lived, I guess, a couple years in Austin, and then I ended up moving to Baltimore, mm. um, not for school or a job or anything, um, and and I actually started, uh, I actually started working at MICA or started teaching at MICA and at Towson um, before I went to grad school. And oh. yep, and and I I was working another completely random job um, that was giving me health benefits and stuff. Um, yeah. I was doing uh, faux finishing, decorative painting. Um, <laughs> so wait, were you shabby chicing furniture? You have to give me more. <laughs> I mean, we did classier things than that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it. walls. It was the walls. We were oh, okay. we were shabby chic walls. <laughs> I'm not judging, even no, though no. what? No, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so then you start teaching there. Did you decide to go to grad school because Towson was like, if you're adjunct or something, you get a discount? No, um, <laughs> I. Um, <laughs> I, we're sitting on my floor and I have this rug <laughs> and April's like I'm dude sliding. I keep just sliding off the rugs moving and it's just funny it's good it's good um 
so I actually I actually was um I mean I was working my ass off. I was I was working full time doing the faux finishing stuff, like I said, you know, yeah. Just paying my bills and and um get my health insurance and all of that stuff. And I was teaching um I think a couple classes at MICA and like at least a class at Towson. Mm-hmm. Um and I was trying to make my work. Good lord. And <laughs> sounds like my life right and, now. Um, yeah. And I was basically I mean, I've always been a I've always been a late night worker. Um I I definitely, you know, have just you know, it's like I I wanna make work. I wanna make I wanna I wanna always be doing something. So um I was doing that and I it finally it finally just got to a point where I was like if I'm going to be like you know a couple of things I was like if I'm if I'm actually going to move my work forward mm-hmm. um and if I'm going to continue teaching then I think I think grad school is something that I that I should do because yeah. it's going to um it's going to get me the best pay that I can um uh, you know get me at that that rate with my terminal degree um but it's also going to give me the time to focus on my work to to actually like step it up to the next level um and so I yeah like I was and I I like those reasonings yeah like I think it's important to know why you're going to grad school rather than say Oh, I don't know what, what I'm do. doing next. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I absolutely, yeah. when I was, when I came out of undergrad and, and people were talking about grad school, I was like, why, why would I do that? Like, I, I really, even though I was like super, you know, I was always the person that was in the studio, like, you know, working, working. Mm-hmm. I, I still was just like, I don't see the, the need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, at the point that I, that I decided to go back, it was that like, oh no, I, I see the need, like I need this time to focus. I need, um, you know, I, I really do need, um, that, that community like feedback. I need like yeah. instruction. I need, you know, all of these things. And, um, so yeah, so I was like at the point where I was like starting to seek programs and I actually got approached by Towson to to stay like to you know to have a full assistantship um nice so they reached out to you yeah and so you know it was it was a situation where I already had rapport with um with faculty there I already you know I lived in the area I I had I was in a long-term relationship and I didn't want you know like I didn't want to like have to necessarily like peeve, uh, him. you know, him and yeah, you know, whatever. And but was there uh, a part of you that's <laughs> like, did you have any of your eyes set on anywhere else? That you're like, but this could be really exciting if I went here. Um, cause sometimes like, I feel like I did the same thing the first time I went to college. Like I had a full ride at a school in town where mm-hmm. I went to high school, but I chose to go to the University of Iowa on the other side of the state because yeah. I was like, I wanted an adventure. Yeah. Um, 
Honestly, I feel like I feel like I made the decision before I really got too deep into like what you know. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Like before I was like, go, go, <laughs> go, go crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because it was something that it made a lot of made sense, sense to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even with the full ride or the the assistantship. I still had to take out loans because all I was doing was working. So, yeah. Oh, right. Like you couldn't have a job and go to grad school. Yeah. So you, what, you essentially take out a lo- loans to give yourself a living wage? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would you pay yourself a year, girl? Oh, God, no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So you still have student loans? I do. Yeah. How they doing? <laughs> They're okay. Um, I I'm I'm part of the um, well, and this is something that like uh, working at the Baltimore Jewelry Center is, uh, you know, it's it's, it's good on it's on multiple levels. Is that uh, I am doing the public service loan forgiveness program because it's a non-profit non-profit, oh look at you wait a minute talk to me more about that because i you're my first person i've met that's doing that well hopefully it still exists um (laughs) like that guy yeah he who shall not be named on this podcast yeah Yeah. (laughs) the cheeto he's worse than voldemort yeah yeah um yeah so um that with the, with the program as long as you're making um i mean it's it's you have to be um doing income based repayment um mm-hmm. and you have to make uh 12 qualifying payments per you know 12 qualifying payments a year um for 10 years mm-hmm. um and then that once you've done that then it uh gives away. you that it gives you the it gives you the opportunity to apply to have the remaining loans forgiven um which oh that's weird yeah. like you apply wow so it's not just a given it's not it's not a given i wonder but, why um, they would turn somebody down well the so the first if i'm remembering correctly um the first round of like from the the start of the program yeah the people that will be up like will have reached those qualifications mm-hmm. are coming coming, coming up, up the now. first round yeah. oh yeah so you know because this all started with obama he was in office for like what eight Three, years yeah. so then yeah, yeah okay that makes sense so yeah so you know i feel like yeah, we've done our part or those folk, you know, folks have done their part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's dependent on then what the, the, the next step, the says. next step. Yeah. So you apply to get into it. I'm sure there's all this paperwork you have to apply and prove that you, you just work have to prove that you're working. Yeah. Yeah. And then you give them what your income is and then you get that amount based upon your income. Yeah. Just is, like, I mean, it's just the, like the income income um base repayment program which you can do without doing oh yeah there was yeah <laughs> yeah when i first moved to seattle i think i was paying like 12 dollars a month yeah yeah because <laughs> i was that broke yeah uh, which is kind of hilarious i, mean, I think i think my payments uh, when i when i started the 
program well when I started just doing income based repayment I think my payments were like $43 a month or something yeah they're they're <laughs> they're higher now but they're still not that high so I think I'm I think I'm doing 150 a month or something all right yeah still not that bad still not that bad it's less than a car payment it's true yeah it is a little terrifying to see that the total amount um due is not you know it's not depend- going down not going down that or dependent on your interest you're just barely taking a little bit off and yeah that's you know, thing. so it's like you know i hope they do honor their the program yeah, you're one of those, <laughs> i mean i remember when the election happened there was all these like okay what's gonna go away and mm. um national endowment for the arts and all these things like i was mm-hmm. really scared and that was the um repayment planner what's the official name of the program called uh public service loan forgiveness yeah that was a big hot topic too like yeah. oh is this this is definitely gonna get slashed um, yeah so fingers crossed that it keeps going for you thanks so <laughs> so you have been somebody that through the Baltimore Jewelry Center, what it is today, like when I met you, um, it was at Penland while I was living there and you were mm-hmm. coming to teach. And I think we had a common friend or something because the music world, the music yeah. community <laughs> are so small. April's like an old school punk. Um, <laughs> we had some friends in common and they're just like, she's awesome. She loves jewelry and black metal. And blah, blah, blah. You guys are going to love each other. <laughs> um, so I remember like approaching you and be like, hey, we should be friends. Uh <laughs> you were teaching at Lower Metal Studio at Penland, and yep. it was this week where we had this crazy torrential, torrential. <laughs> downpours. <laughs> the studio kept flooding. I remember this night that we had planned to like have drinks and actually hang out. You're like, "Yeah, my studio is flooding," and I was like, "Well, I'll just hang out with you guys while you vacuum it." Yeah, no big deal. Um, I think we renamed Lower Metals to SS Flood City. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. so good. Um, but then you came back for the auction and you crashed in my room with me and there was this night where we all stayed up drinking and talking whatever and you kind of dug into the fact that you're just like oh my god like I am starting a nonprofit with these people and I am deep in this thing <laughs> and I just remember thinking like oh my god like how do you even go about that um so it's cool to see you on the other side of it right like uh-huh. You guys figured it out. It's cool to be on the other side. It's of really it. fucking cool to be on the other side. I'm sure. Um, and I, I dug into a lot of this with Shane, so I don't yeah. want to bore the listeners like repeating all of it. But for you, what has your part been through this? Like, how have you seen yourself as this? Because you were an educator, but you're not a lawyer. You, you <laughs> haven't been a grant writer, but you were just somebody that really believed in this and have like kept it on track in some yeah, ways. I'm yeah. sure. So, yeah, like how how was that process? How are you doing? <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. How many times did you want to scream and quit? Because I would have been like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, actually like so Bella, Bella Naaman came to to visit um, the studio the other day mm-hmm. and we were ta- we were talking about um just how that I, th- I feel like there is something about like I can't even really remember some of the like the the points where I mean we, we were really like hair on fire like for like a year and a half longer yeah. um uh just you know like so 
so much work, so much work all the time. And, um, and figuring out and, as you go. And That's figuring the thing out that a, I yeah. love about and just this, having is that to do you it. just went you just into it. You had to do it. Yeah. And and yeah, and that and that's just like we knew like nobody else was going to do it. We had to do it. Um so, you know, it was it's crazy hair on fire. Um and now it's still, you know, we're still like so busy cuz we have so many like programs and things, you know, we're constantly programming. Um, and you know, just running classes and running this this studio day to day and like whatever. But we've you know we have like all these like great ideas, <laughs> that yeah. were, you know, like that we're really excited about all the time. And um, and so I think that you know now when I'm like, well, how different how different was it before? I don't really remember. And yeah, and. You know, we were joking that it's like kind of like childbirth, I guess. Although, although, um, you know, the, <laughs> the people, of the people that we were talking painful. to, well, and, and that, you know, that like, I mean, I don't have kids, so I actually don't have that experience, but I also, I would say that I, from people talking about it, <laughs> you've got to forget to, to do it, yeah. <laughs> um, or to do it again. Um, so yeah, um, did you like literally in the beginning Google how to start a nonprofit? Like, <laughs> I didn't Google do, that. Like how do you even start in the beginning? Like I would have just, I get overwhelmed even trying to do the programming for the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like me reaching out to artists individually. Yeah. But you're walking into this with a group of people who are teaching and their experience is very limited within that. Yeah. Um, and well, so I'm going to take a drink. Oh yeah, take it. It's bubbly water, people. It is bubbly water. <coughs> um, so I we actually I think initially it was talking to other organizations, you know. Oh, um yeah. like how'd you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we um we had lots of phone conversations and meetings and stuff with um like Brooklyn Metalworks, Smith Shop, okay. um, Textile Art Center. Uh, I talked to like um, like Suzanne Pugh in San Francisco, like with like mm. City City College and Revere Academy, and just oh, okay. you know just like talking talking to people that had some you know like some sort of um, either like community based educational space or um independent you know, business independent Smith business shop is yeah independent, but absolutely I think they like but that they aspect do, of the classes do. and things right right yeah and and yeah a lot of a lot of the places we talked to were not um were not nonprofits, um and that was something that that having those conversations and and really like weighing well what would be the you know what would be our reasoning for being a nonprofit versus being an independent uh, um, LLC? And oh, I guess I never even asked you if there was ever even a question. There was, that. yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, yeah. So and honestly, and you know, in, in some ways, the um, does it boil down to like tax breaks and government funding if you're a nonprofit? Mm. No, <laughs> um, I mean, one of the one of the deciding factors 
in some ways was um, that we were able to, as a nonprofit, because because Micah was closing the program, yeah, we were able to leverage them to donate all the equipment to us as a nonprofit for so that they could get the tax, um, uh, like see tax that break. Shane mentioned that that. Yeah. And and that was the other thing where I was like, gosh, you guys took on this thing that is so overwhelming. She's like, yeah, but there was a lot of things along the way that fell in place. And she yeah. mentioned number one being Micah was like, we'll donate all this equipment. But she didn't yeah. mention the tax break and the leverage of it because you were a nonprofit. Yeah. So if they had donated it to you and you weren't a nonprofit, they wouldn't have gotten as big as break or something maybe. I don't know. We don't have to talk about taxes. They make my head hurt. <laughs> but I, I can yeah. see where that might have came in. I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have donated it to us if we were an, an independent business. Oh, yeah. OK, um, there. Right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You answer my question. Yeah, they like. Yeah, as a. Well, and it, yeah, as an as an independent business, it, they wouldn't have gotten it wouldn't have been a tax deductible donation for them. Exactly. Um, which it was. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, and we also just, you know, we weren't in a position to, we didn't have like the financial backing to start a, to like to start a business. We didn't, we, we actually like did not and have not ever taken out any loans for the, like for. <laughs> really? Yep. That's like, kind of magical. Yeah. Okay. Can I get down to this with you? Because I was very curious of Shane. How did you, from the time that Micah was closing, I know it was a small window, uh -huh. but in this whole time where you're getting the BJC going and whatever, how the hell did you pay yourself? Like, did you have a real paycheck or was there a period of time where you're like, uh, well, uh, the timing, like you, you said, the, the timing of it was such that I had a job through Micah. Yeah. So I was being paid. I mean, I was, that was my paycheck. So, nice. um, and so Micah, the program ended, um, like end of May, 2014, mm -hmm. the BJC started June, June of 2014. Yeah. And starting June, 2014 was when we started like paying, um, you know, like started being like actual employees of the Baltimore Jewelry Center um, but up until that time it was like I was an employee of Micah and so we were you know yeah I had a I was making my living through Micah through Micah well and I don't think I was teaching at Towson I wasn't teaching at Towson at that point but I might have been teaching at the Corcoran still um, and but all the planning for the nonprofit would have been was extracurricular not, activity exactly. yeah. yeah yeah it was your studio practice for like <laughs> It's true. However long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, I mean, and yeah. It, yeah, and we very much like, uh, you know, this is something that is, it's just something that's been like, we are all so passionate about it and we care mm -hmm. about it and we, we wanted to make it happen. And we, you know, like, yeah. we, we did. And, the, you know, luckily, like I said, luckily, you know, Yes, I was, I was making my living through, um, you know, through Micah at that point, but, um, and then once it switched over, then, you know, then yes, like yeah. we've been, 
paid through the organization. But um, and that note I said about you know, I really like my friend Lorraine. You know Lorraine. I know Lorraine. Um, he's always a really good reminder because I'm always so self-conscious about like, I'm not making enough stuff. I'm not actually in the studio. And he's like, Mm. well, did you check email? Did you write a gallery today? Did you like work on the podcast? He's like, that's your studio practice. You need to give yourself credit for that. And I think about that with you. It's like, you might not have made a whole body of work that year, but you made a nonprofit. Well, and actually incredible. And one of the, one of the other organizations that, that we, um, some of our initial meetings and you know talking to to people about like how you know how to form a nonprofit or how to do you know what we were doing um, is that uh, some other friends in Baltimore um, had just started a tool lending library. So the oh. state, the Station North Tool Library. Yeah, Erica and Bello's boyfriend volunteers there. Yes, I drove by it and looked at it. Yes, it's awesome. It looks cool. Um, so, um, the co-founders, um, the, I mean, I was friends with both of them, but John, um, John Shea, had uh, worked at Towson, um, mm-hmm. like as a studio studio technician for the. For jewelry, sculpture, and cer- the ceramics area, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, and so I had known him through Towson, and um, yeah, like when they started working on uh and on forming the tool library, um, we started kind of meeting and talking. It, it, you know, they like we were talking to them about like fiscal sponsorships and like the benefits of, of what is a fiscal sponsorship um so yearly if, so if you don't have non like if you're not if you don't have nonprofit status yeah um there are organizations that um basically they have nonprofit status and you they will umbrella you like, under their umbrella uh, yeah yeah, and so oh. yeah, so so we, is the lending tool library under an umbrella of somebody else? They they were yeah, well, oh. actually they they might still be, um, but so the and they and I think their fiscal sponsor is a local Baltimore um, organization. Um, our initial fiscal sponsor was um, based in in New York, and they um, they do they 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 are so, solely focused on like arts organizations um oh so they helped you out they're like your mentor when you were first getting and, going well and it, the, initially like they're not yeah. and they're not necessarily they're not meant to be a mentor they just they give you the benefits of having nonprofit status without actually having nonprofit status so like people a red tape to get it like, yeah, yeah i mean you yeah <laughs> well and they just typically don't like when you apply for for nonprofit status, it tends to take a long, time. a fair amount of time. Yeah, although ours went through really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the fiscal sponsorship gives you, you know, that people actually can get tax deductible. Um, like do, you know, they get the by giving donations. It's it's a tax deductible donation. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just that donation goes through the fiscal sponsor um, instead of going through like our organization. Um, so at the, at the time, that's what we were doing. Oh, that's um, interesting. I yeah. never even knew that. Yeah. They could do that. Mm. So, um, 
but yeah, so, you know, I was meeting with, with, um, like John and, and, and Piper at the tool library. And I just remember, I remember like having, having these, these meetings and just us, us both being like, what are you making? You know, <laughs> yeah. like you're a sculptor. What are you doing? Um, and just, and just recognizing like, no, this is like all my creative energy is going into this. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's, you know, um, I'm a big fan yeah. of that conversation. I don't yeah. think, I don't feel like people don't necessarily talk about it, but I don't feel like we champion that type of work enough within yeah, communities. Yeah. Like the people that don't necessarily get to focus on their studio practice because they're making something else. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, I, I think it's interesting. Um, and that's something that I've always highly respected you because I was like, when I first met you and I was like, whoa, she started a nonprofit. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, something I was interested in talking about and forgive me if you're like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> you know, I love asking those type of questions. How do you think do, taking on a project of this magnitude has affected your personal life oh my god <laughs> right girl because for me Ugh. i definitely know i'm like yeah i really want to date and i <laughs> like i'll get on the dating apps like trying to meet people and it's like oh i actually can't meet with you because i'm going to germany next week and then yeah. after that i have an exhibition to get ready for and it's i mean i think that i think that that um I think that's just true of being an, an adult right now. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I think, you know, I, I talk to, to friends and stuff where, you know, it's like, I mean, and I, I think I have memories of, of like my parents talking about, you know, not being able to like meet, you know, meet the, up with their friends or just like, Oh, it's so much harder to plan things and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I think, I think it's more just like everybody is so fucking busy that, um, that it is really, really hard. Um, yeah, it's like I no, I'm not going out to shows like every yeah. <laughs> every other day or whatever. You know. Uh, do you feel guilty when you do it? Because like I know the last no, two weekends I've gone to shows <laughs> and I'm just like, screw it. Like something's not getting done because I need to go to a show and just yeah. like see this other demographic of people I really admire yeah. and love and. They don't make jewelry and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't feel guilty about it. I, uh, you know, I, fe I feel like, um, I think in some ways, I'm going to say it's the same, the same way that, you know, when you go to like the stand conference or you go to like, uh, you know, like, a big exhibition or going to Munich or mm -hmm. like whatever, where you're like, Oh, I just got fed. You know, I just was around all these people that really inspire me and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel, I feel like that, you know, where I, for, sometimes it's like, I forget. I mean, I love music. It's been, it, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's gone in cycles of like how, how much it, how it, much it's in my life yeah. but uh but when when it when i go to like something like that and i'm around my friends that are creative in that way yeah. it just it yeah it just like kind of 
it does the same thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, I love these people. I love this environment. I, yeah. <laughs> I love all these things. And it all makes me feel like inspired to keep making. So, well, yeah. so the balance of work and life, though, like at <laughs> yeah, some point yeah. with Baltimore Jewelry Center, I'm sure yeah. it like overtook everything. Yeah. Do you feel like it's kind of balanced out now? Like you've found a better way to make time for yourself versus what you're giving to the Baltimore Jewelry Center? Because yeah. for you, you're not just invested as like, oh, this is a great job I applied for. They pay me well and whatever. Like yeah. your heart and soul is obviously in this place. Yeah. Um, and you see that when you're there. Like, I loved getting to see you at the Baltimore Jewelry Center, like, in action. Um, (laughs) Have you done a better job, would you say, at finding time for yourself and not being there seven days a week? Mm -hmm. I will will admit, I am, no, I am not good. (laughs) Uh, I'm getting better. Um, I, no, that is something that, well, and and I'll even say that, you know, that's something that... um, you know, even like when everything went down, like when Micah closed the program and and we started working to to build the Baltimore Jewelry Center, you know, my I mean, my vo- motivation is, of course, that um, of course that I, you know, I knew that this like community existed, that mm-hmm. people were hungry to, you know, to be learning like metals and jewelry skills we had you know we had this community that that you know I knew existed but then also you know I think that just there you know more and more there are people that like want to learn those hand skills and like yeah um and so you know I was I knew that was I knew that existed and I was passionate about that, but I also, um, I also, you know, selfishly like wanted a space to create my own work. And, hey, man, and, and, and fringe that, benefits. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that I've, you know, I have been, I have been lucky, and and that I, from the time that I moved to Baltimore, I'm pretty, like I said, pretty much. You know, I mean, when I was in Texas, not so much, but um, I I pretty much, you know, made it so that I always had, I've always been a part of a space that I could, you know, that my fringe benefit is that I have access to the space and can be working yeah. and, and access to the, that education. And, and, um, and so I knew that I wanted, like, that's all I wanted was a space <laughs> to, to make <laughs> and, um. And so, you know, seeing this through, it's, it's like I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I that that continued um, for other people, but also for myself. Yeah. Um, and so now, you know, yeah, I like I walk in to the studio and I'm like, it is so amazing to, you know, I still, you know, it's been, it'll be three years in. Um, July that we moved into the the like the space that that we built out for the for the Baltimore Jewelry Center and um and I still like walk in and I'm like pinch myself <laughs> it's, it's it's real very and then, pretty and then I'm like 
we built this um and this is where i get to work and um you know it's amazing but it is really it is also really hard because if i'm there you're on i'm on you know and and it is it is really difficult to to like for people to you know to respect like your boundaries my boundaries and like that that i am not always there like in the capacity of studio manager or instructor or like whatever um and i know that yeah i mean of course like every every like professor every you know every person that works in a space like that it has that same struggle (laughs) yeah um but you know it is it is really it is really difficult and again that's why i'm like i tend to work at night when no one's out else is around well that's um, a that's that fringe benefit you know the code to get in yeah after hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i also i mean i do have i have space in my house um that has been in varying stages of actually being able to be used yeah um and because of course you know the 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 studio it's where i am all the time anyway it's easy um but it is, um, you know, it's something that, like, I actually, you know, I do want to have that space that's my private space that where I don't have to worry about somebody else coming in and, and, and like, asking me any questions or, uh, you know, just... Or watching or you. Or just whatever. Whatever. It's like, it's like I love, you know, of course I love, I understand we all want to know how somebody's making something or doing something or, yeah. you know, or you, you know, like, I, I'm fine helping people, but I also like, I need my time. Yeah. Um, and, you should and, create some like system that if you have oh, like your ear. Uh, <laughs> of course. Like what am I talking about? Duh. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. They tap you. They yep. catch your eye. You're yep. just like, ah. They're just like, just one question. You're like, like well, you were the 20th person that asked just one, just one question. question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I. So, yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better about. um about drawing drawing like boundaries around my time and my my space because it is something that it's something like I care so much about the about the space um that it is hard to it is hard it is hard to separate it and it's hard to like to to say no to things or to yeah or to just like shut people out of sayings or you oh, know I, I mean I mean I'm saying that and just a like you know yeah yeah so I did want to um <clears throat> before we wrap up I did want to talk about because you guys with Baltimore Jewelry Center launching I knew that you, you had classes and studio rental but you yeah. guys just keep throwing out these like <laughs> curveballs you're like and now we have a gallery space and now we have a place for selling contemporary jewelry and then this last year you launched a residency program mm-hmm. which is awesome because <laughs> I really like the model you did for the residency because it's one month you have to be there X amount of hours but don't they get a stipend and a place to stay if they're out of state 
Did you give them um, room and board? The one, the so we actually have a one month and a three month. Okay. Um, the one month does have, uh, it does have housing and a stipend. Nice. Um, I know Erin Hollis. Yep. Who got it? Yep. Nice. Um, she's awesome. All of our all of our residents have been awesome so far. Um, it's been great. Uh. But the three month is not room and board. The three month they do get a, a small stipend, but mm-hmm. there is not housing um, connected to it. Um, but they actually get two two classes as part of it. Oh, okay. So, so financially, that's a nice little yeah, yeah. fringe benefit on there. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, so I mean, in some ways. In some ways, the three month we did see it as a way to um, potentially give something more than a than just a scholarship to a local artist. Like yeah. you know, we wanted it to be um, we 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 were interested in it potentially being something that could be for for local people that maybe were in artists and other media like because it is it you know oh, it does it does yeah. have a portfolio um component to where you know we you you do need to show that you're a like an like an artist that's serious like you're as able a, to work within that studio within the structure well or work within that structure and be self-motivated yeah um and and so you know i would say like being an artist in another media the, who's always wanted to take a jewelry class but um oh. you know that that was something that we saw as a like a, a benefit of the three month but we're also um but we also see it as something that could you know be um you know for people that are from out of state or or out of the country or wherever yeah. um and you know yeah not having the not having housing attached to it is difficult is difficult um however you know not all residencies come with with no stipends or housing Absolutely. and so and and we are we are actively like working to like um you know find ways to help support people that are you know that are coming from out of state yeah, yeah yeah you know so that's something that that um you're working on it. That we're working. I yeah. mean, you just launched it last year. Yeah. You guys are doing yeah. amazing. Yeah. And when's the next roll around for the one month? Are you guys, is the application well, we all up online? We, we just closed, um, we just closed applications mid-April. Mm-hmm. And um, and we had a great, great group of applicants. And um, we'll be announcing those soon nice um there were two wait two two one month spots i believe and um then the next the next call should go out in the like in the fall like it'll it should go out like i believe in october okay um yeah. Right, so people have time to like think about it. Yeah. Their website, you guys, is a really great resource. You should check it out. There's also, well, the gallery is really great and active. Thank you. And don't, wait, is that just like <laughs> another hat you wear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. Um, exhibitions director. <laughs> and you take calls for exhibitions. Yeah. Um, 
you guys asked the JV Collective to um, exhibit there. It's the first time in my career that someone's asked me to mm-hmm. exhibit. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so nice. Is this what happens? <laughs> um, so that was lovely. Um, but, but yeah, you can we put are submit open. Yeah, you can submit proposals. It. Uh-huh. It's a really yep. lovely size for if someone wanted to do their first solo show. And we do actually have a solo exhibition like program we're you know we're trying to do at least one one to two solo exhibitions a year yeah um it's not super intimidating you guys were so easy to work with yeah i think it's it's around 500 square feet for the gallery it's nice yeah i like it yeah and then um just because i love gossip um but i have heard rumors about another thing you guys have in the works (laughs) <laughs> Which I heard from a non-BJC member, so I can oh, say really? something. Well, you know, whatever. But anything you want to talk about that you might have coming up? I don't know what I'm able to do. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> but I, you guys have some cool things in the works. Yeah. Like programming-wise. So. Uh, yeah, like maybe keep an eye out for the fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe something you'd want to travel to, to hear people talk about things. Yeah. It could be cool. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's something that I really love about you guys is that every time I turn around, you're like, oh, and now we're going to do this. Um, yep. <laughs> you are just full, full steam ahead in your programming. And it's really inspiring and cool because there's not a whole lot of places like Baltimore Jewelry Center right now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think I think it comes from, you know, it's, we just have such a good, like a good team and the way that we, you know, the way that we're constantly talking and brainstorming and, you know, yeah. like there's always something that's like, that's coming up and then we're all like, oh, yeah, we, we could do this. this. Happen. Yeah. Where yeah. do we get the money to do it? Yeah. We can find it. We can write a grant. It well, always comes Shane, down the money. Shane, I feel yeah. like <laughs> Shane is an amazing grant writer. So, we, yeah. I know. Well, you know, you know how I started with you. I'm like, what'd you go to ad- undergrad for with Shane? She's so modest. It was hilarious. <laughs> but I was just like, wait a minute, you're a writer. And she's like, no, no, I'm not a writer. And I was like, okay, yeah. but she has a degree. <laughs> and she's like, oh God. It, um, I really want to have an interview with a grant writer. Mm-hmm. I know Megan, Megan Patrice Riley, who is a jeweler, yes. pretty prolific in the like craft show hustling scene. Um, she had a whole other career before she did jewelry and it was for grant writing. I had no idea. Oh my God. Yes. And I, yeah, she's going to be the person I'm going to be like, come on the podcast. And she, she still hustles at that. Like I know maybe last year or the year before, she just made a comment because she has like a studio in Brooklyn. Like she's in New York City. Like, yep. come on. Just your cost of existing yeah. is so much. Um, and I know she's always applying for things and getting funding for her studio space and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, so grant writers are savvy. Yeah. Pretty amazing people. Yeah. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to add? I can't. Th- I can't think of anything. Like I think we covered. Uh, <laughs> you feel pretty good. I think we covered a lot. Did you enjoy uh, this the interview? I did. I did. It's always good talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people get really intimidated by like, oh, you want me talking to a microphone? But yeah, it's not that bad. No, it's not bad. Especially when you have a margarita beforehand. Yep. <laughs> yep. And a and some and some bubbly water and some bubbly water. <laughs> um. And well, you're sitting on the floor. And you're sitting on the floor. <laughs> 
walk in the plank to get into my apartment. Oh my god, you guys. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's like what should Sarah write in the in the concrete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. I'm totally gonna do something. I have to. Those people have made my life miserable this week. So I'm gonna leave my mark. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, the other weekend, the opening was really great, and it was a great turnout too. You know, it's like that's something that we're constantly, you know, we're we're still figuring out, and and yeah. and every every exhibition is different, and you know, it's like, what do people come out for? And yeah, um, yeah, I was really was surprised. A, was it was a great one. It was packed. It yep. was great. Yep, fun times. Yep. Well, thank you, April. You're welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right, everyone. This has been another episode of Perceived Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists. Until next time. Perceived Value is a podcast recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Perceived Value. Stream us directly from our website at perceivedvaluedpodcast.com or listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Just don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>